This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. I'm Miles Danhausen Jr. And today we're going to talk about affordable housing and uh, how we've solved it in Door County now is Sam Watson, our reporter here at The Pulse. Sam, thanks for hopping in here. Yeah, thank you. I might have sold that uh, a little sarcastically (laughs) because uh, affordable housing, at least in one community, is not going somewhere. Town of Gibraltar had... We got wind of this a month or so ago that they were looking at a new affordable housing project for workforce housing, at least for summer workforce housing. Tell me what this project was. Give us an overview for the listeners who aren't familiar with this at all at this point. Yeah, so this was going to be a 49-unit apartment complex. It was going to be seven buildings, seven units in each building, around 500 feet each. It was going to be located near Little Spring Road off of County F, near the Fish Creek Sanitation District. So it was going to be in this uh, man-made pine forest between the sanitary district and some nearby housing. So the the man-made pine forest was intended as a buffer to kind of block the smell and sound and, you know, site, I guess, of the um, the sanitary department from the, the nearby houses. And so the affordable housing project would have been located in that forest, if that makes sense. But yeah, so it uh, is not happening anymore, but that's where it would have been and what it would have looked like. And so looking at that proposal, you said 49 units, and these are at 500 square feet studio apartments or dorm rooms right. type, right? Yes. Okay. So obviously intended, I think, for summer workers for the most part? It was intended for year-round workers. It was going to be actually rented, like each unit would be purchased actually by a local business for around $150,000 each. And then these units could be condoed out to those businesses' workers. Okay. This is somewhat similar to a proposal that was floated, I'd say three or four years ago, in different communities up here, same idea. They would build these units and rent them out or sell them back to business owners. Did you talk to many business owners about like their thoughts on this project? Or did you hear that in any of the meetings? Yeah, I did hear it in meetings. Several business owners like actually came to like the plan commission meetings and the town board meetings kind of, you know, voicing their support for it. But the developer of the project, Michael Niss, talked to a bunch of local businesses and it was very unanimous, the fact that they needed housing and would support a project like this. Hmm. I did talk to one person just kind of off the cuff at at daycare, uh, actually, drop (laughs) off, who mentioned that they liked the idea and they liked the housing, but the price point at $150,000 per unit to house two employees, if you were a, if I'm, well, I am a business owner. So as a business owner, I look at that and I would, I'd say, oh, great. Let's, how do I get in here? But then you look at that price point and most businesses need, if they need employees and they need housing for them, they need housing for probably four to eight people, maybe a lot more than that in some of the larger businesses. The Pulse, we are more like the type of place that might need two. Right. So it might work for someone like us, but for a lot of those businesses that need more employees, the numbers don't work out that well because you'd say, well, if I'm going to spend, let's say I need four or six, if I'm going to spend 300000 or 
$450,000, I'll just buy a house of my own, use it for employee housing, and it's a better asset. So for I, some different business owners had told me that kind of thing about it, that it really wouldn't work for them when they can, now granted, home prices are a lot higher now, so maybe that's a different story. We immediately got a lot of letters, emails from people against this project, mostly people next door to this project. Yes, there's a word for that. I don't want to say it out loud, but there was... (laughs) not in my backyard. (laughs) Right, so there was a lot of that at the the meetings I attended. It was genuinely like the, the plan commission meeting and then the town board meeting that followed that. It was hours of listening to people, you know, list every possible reason why this wouldn't work. And, you know, there there were, you know, proponents of the project as well that, you know, jumped in with how important this project would be and how much it would help them with their business or with, you know, being able to stay in the area if, you know, they were workers. But the, the majority of the conversation that happened, at least at the meetings that I went to, were people who were kind of up in arms about this project. Happening. What were their objections to the project? So a big one was the location because it would be in a pine forest that was designed to act as a buffer between the sanitary district and the nearby houses. So there was a lot of concern that, you know, you'd be removing this buffer and, you know, inviting in all the, the smells and sounds and, you know, all these lovely things. And then there's also the concern of for the, the people that would be living in this housing, you know, who would want to live right next to a sanitation district that's, you know, right next to the sanitary plant. Uh, Not the most ideal, you know, Door County experience for people who would be wanting to live and work here. There were concerns about the pricing, like you kind of discussed before. And then there was was worries about... Some people said this out loud during meetings. There were a lot of like whispers and, you know, messages that we got that people were concerned about, I guess, the type of person who would be living here, Mm, Um, you know, like dreaded parties and person. Right. Exactly. Which, you know, is always fun to hear as a young, poor person, you know, taking, (laughs) taking notes in the meeting. But, you know, there was concerns of what this would kind of do to the atmosphere of the neighborhood, you know, if it would bring in big loud parties and stuff like that. The developer actually did incorporate that worry into his his site plans. So he wasn't including any like outdoor commons areas like gazebos or fire pits. He wasn't including any, you know, indoor meeting spaces because the goal was to, you know, make it not attractive for parties. <laughs> Interestingly enough, this location is not all that far from Fishstock which is also known as Camp David, which is one of the few affordable housing compounds in Door County. Very informal one, but I've been waiting on this call for me to have to cover all the problems at Fishstock for all of my 20 years covering (laughs) anything in Door County, and I've never heard it. So um, right down the road, you have the place that houses almost almost exclusively young people who like to party, and yet still waiting for those neighborly complaints. (laughs) In any case... That's just a little bit of context. I do hear this in a lot of the coverage I've done over the years of housing is people want affordable housing, but then when something's proposed at say like 500 square feet or tiny homes or 750 square feet or dormitories that are just like two beds in a 400 square foot thing, people then somehow turn that into an argument against it by saying, how could you ask people to live in this, these type of conditions or in this kind of space? First of all, Anybody who's gone to college, well, nowadays, the dorms are a little nicer, (laughs) but mine was a sardine can. And I think that's what a lot of people in their 20s are used to, or in, you know, most of my 
friends who made a living up here or made a life up here, they lived with four, five, six, seven other people in a house. So they also didn't have a lot of space. And when I'm, I'm going through a laundry list of rebuttals to this because it's pretty, <laughs> right. like when they say, well, how could, why would we have to have them live there? It's like, it's not like the option is there or in this beautiful development. Exactly. The option is nowhere or here. And most people <laughs> who are desperate for housing would say, yeah, I'll take the roof over no roof. Right. It was really surprising to hear how many people in attendance talking about like, oh, well, who, nobody would want to live here. And I feel like that is just not true. <laughs> like, I just like, it's, it's like you said, it's, you know, having a place to live versus no place to live. Even if that place to live is, you know, not ideal, I think people would still eat that up. This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by Door County Medical Center. Are you looking for a job in Door County with excellent benefits, culture, and potential for advancement through tuition reimbursement programs? Door County Medical Center is hiring. For more than 75 years, Door County Medical Center has been the leader in health and wellness for Door and Kiwani counties. Their integrated medical center provides a wide range of specialties, including primary care, behavioral health, general surgery, the Women and Children's Center, the Door Orthopedic Center, the Door County Cancer Center, and more. To join the team, apply today at dcmedical.org slash careers. I lived in a 450 square foot studio apartment in Chicago for the better part of several years and was more than happy to live in that. The uh, right. We don't typically have studio apartments in Door County. It's one of the big gaps in our housing supply here because that means studio apartments are the cheapest way for someone to get an individual apartment, generally speaking. Right. In Manhattan, you might pay $5,000 for that same studio apartment. Right. <laughs> so a lot of people do live that way. It's not impossible. Right. It's it's not under a bridge right? kind of thing. So that is one thing that gets entered in these conversations and then used as evidence when it's usually anecdotal, somebody's opinion about what how someone should live. And right. that usually comes from somebody with the resources to live in a much different style. Exactly. Not such as yourself, who wrote a great column for us a few weeks ago about your housing hunt, which people can reference in a podcast and in the article. <laughs> the I'm kind of curious, as someone who covers these things, and, and as reporters, yes, we want to evaluate things objectively on their merits in the moment, but you can't help but be in that room and, and hear these things and and think of your own experience. That's part of what we bring to the table as well as reporters is to take our own life experience and help interpret what we're reporting on for people and give it some context. I'm curious for you as an outsider to sit in a room like that and hear some of these things as somebody who has struggled and searched to find any housing whatsoever. And in fact, are moving out of your house for a month this summer and then back in after right. people use it. I don't know. What's your thoughts on, on being in a room like that and hearing those things? It was kind of difficult because <laughs> like a lot of, you know, you hear all about like, how you have to strive for journalistic objectivity. And usually that's not hard because usually I'm, you know, covering things that I have very little personal stake in. But for stuff like this, it is kind of hard <laughs> because, you know, you're you're listening to, to people who are very concerned about, you know, not having this certain development in their backyard. And I, I get that. And I understand that, but it's also, you know, no matter where you could plunk a development like this down, there are going to be people nearby who aren't going to want it where it is. And it's difficult to kind of listen to that when 
it's like everybody in the room acknowledges that this is a huge problem and like everybody wants to make sure that workers can live here and you know young families can set up roots here but it's it's like like having your eyes set on these these goals but then once you have like a way an attainable way to like actually meet this goal you it's like no you know not here we don't want this like there there's too many unanswered questions and i don't know i that's that's hard <laughs> that's hard to watch <laughs> there is no type of project that gets the level of scrutiny as an affordable housing project does in door county hmm. I think somebody could probably have an easier chance getting a, a nuclear plant built <laughs> than a lot of these affordable housing projects, depending on the town you're in. Mm. A little bit of context for you. you. You obviously have been at this for about a year up here. For several years, I covered uh, the town of Gibraltar specifically, but over the course of 20 years, many different times. And this is not the first time that, that people in the town of Gibraltar have said, we want affordable housing, but not in that spot. So it started 20 years ago, Bob Lautenbach, and uh, Bob Papke had proposed a dorm project for some property. I believe it was, it may have even been on the Redmond property, what's, what's commonly referred to as Redmond property, south of the main area of Fish Creek, across from Lautenbach's Orchard. That got pulled at the last second, similar to this one, mainly because there were so many people saying, not next to me, nope, we don't need that. Then a few years ago, the town started talking about doing some affordable housing on that Redmond property again. And people said, wrong spot, wrong place. Right. And the irony of it is, is that the people who were saying this is the wrong spot in both of those instances said the right spot for this is out on the property that the town owns by the sanitary district. Oh, man. <laughs> Literally, this was always the thing that was said as that's where it should go. Oh, yeah. And so now, and I, that's the same thing they say in Ephraim. Right. Now we have literally said, even next to the crapper, <laughs> is not the right spot for affordable housing. Right. So as somebody who's covered this for a long time, it really makes you want to throw up your hands. I mean, we've seen those three projects. In Ephraim, you saw Jeff Lutze propose turning a motel, which is already a transient development, into affordable housing for summer workers and year-round workers without expanding it. And that got shot down as the wrong spot for that. Right spot for transient people, wrong spot for the people who work in our community. That was the most blatant example of like, we just think poor people scare us for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Not even poor people, honestly, like just workers. Right. We just don't want to be around workers. Right. Because I don't know, I don't know what people like you and myself and so many others threaten people when they're in their 20s. <laughs> but um, 20 year olds, scary, scary. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, you know, and years ago there were people who didn't want a proposal in Ellison Bay to go through. None of these things have proven to be problematic. I have never had to cover any complaints or issues in the last 10 years of my coverage of, related to the apartments in Bailey's Harbor. Right. And other than oh, in that years and years ago, there were problems about the construction of those buildings, but not the people in them. I've yet to have to cover problems with the people at in some of the housing behind the Piggly Wiggly in Sister Bay, mm, yeah. which most people would never know. Some of those are actually like affordable housing projects designated for people of a certain income. It's just a weird fear that people have up here that, you know, if, again, if, if we can't put it next to the sanitary district, if we're not okay with that location, I really wonder where it should go. Right. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, this, this might be just a crackpot theory of mine, but I think it really boils down 
to the bootstrap myth where poor people are because they're poor that's proof that they are you know lazier and that they're they're partiers that they're you know not not responsible enough to to get money and make money and you know if you're rich that that means that you're none of those things and you're a good person and that you're you're hard working and so i i think a lot of that comes out in situations like this because when we're viewing poor people as you know they're going to ruin our neighborhoods and they're going to party and they're going to you know cause all these problems i think i don't know i think that's where it's coming from a lot of the time and ironically one of the things we're proudest of up here is our art galleries and our art community and our reputation and the culture that it brings to us. And I've talked to a lot of the folks, the artists who have kind of created this place, who came up here in the 70s and early 80s. And they were the epitome of, <laughs> most of them were the epitome of that poor young striver just trying to make a life, who many of whom bought houses without plumbing, many of whom could barely maintain their properties for a while as they were trying to, to hang a shingle and create a life here and carve a life out here. And they are now, by having that opening for them, by being okay with those people coming in and building it as they go, we have all these people who now form the lifeblood of our community. You know, in Edgewood Orchard Gallery, uh, Clay Bay Pottery, you go on down the line, those things became what we identify ourselves with. And today, none of those people would be able to buy those properties or be allowed to do them in that way. Mm. And there may be valid reasons to say no to this project based on the, well, I'm really going to stretch to find it. <laughs> no, um, there might be some other reasons to say no, but I just think like when we go back to, oh, that's too small. Yeah. It's great for somebody yeah. who has something to tell somebody else what size room or what they should consider livable. Right. And then, you know, it's too small. It's the wrong spot. They could be noisy. They could be this. They could be that. We're basing all of this on, we don't have any evidence of any of those things. Right. Sorry, I'm editorializing on this one, but it, it just, <laughs> okay. it, it irks me because this is, oh, and there's another example of this. There was somebody who tried to build a summer workforce housing before you moved here, Sam, up the road in Bailey's Harbor. And the idea was a bunch of cabins with a central gathering space. And that ended up, the county actually changed zoning in the midst of that proposal. And the neighbors all came out against that too. And this was in a little used field, abandoned warehouse property away from everything other than a few neighbors within the 40. And I just don't see where... Unfortunately, in the village of Sister Bay, they have put a lot of money over a million dollars behind different affordable housing projects, whether it be the WIDA project, Paula Anschutz's project, the housing partnership, and purchasing the Wilsey property to create housing. So I shouldn't paint everyone with this broad stroke, but that's one community that is not only saying yes, but also investing in it. Mm. But other communities, all those other examples are private investors who weren't asking for that community's money to address a problem that that community has repeatedly said they have. Right. So it just really makes you wonder where people are coming from and how we can make progress on that if that's how we're going to talk about people. For sure. All right. Anything else you want to add? Where does this go from here? So is is this project just coming back from a different angle? Is it dead in the water? What happens now? So the project for this location is dead, but 
the developer, Michael Niss, is already looking at other locations where a similar project could go. So okay. it's, it's not over. Other locations in the town of Gibraltar or just unsaid? Unsaid, yeah. yeah. Probably, if I were him, I probably wouldn't spill the beans on any other prospective locations and get, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> get people angry in advance. <laughs> um, all right. So more bad news about housing. There you go, everybody. <laughs> awesome. You're wah, welcome. Wah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Sam, thanks for walking me through this. Thanks for your continued coverage of the town of Gibraltar and everything else you do for us here at The Pulse. And thanks for listening to me vent and uh, get <laughs> a little depressed and bummed out here on the podcast. Exactly. Thanks for having me. All right. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into the Door County Pulse podcast again. We'll be right back here with you very soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com slash shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.